sings praises heard around the world. All right, so this is a, uh, a bit of a higher energy song. Woo! Let's give it our hearts, amen. Oh. and welcome to our Sunday service here in the Hudson Valley. It is great to have so many of you here today. It's also great to have many of you at home watching this online. And today our goal is to simply worship God and to glorify Him and to sing His praises as well as to have great communion together. Ryan McCullough is going to preach a lesson for us. And so I know we have a great lesson planned. It's going to be a great day today. This is the day the Lord has made. Let us rejoice and be glad in it. So whether we're at home or whether we're here in service, uh, blessings on all of us as we, uh, as we worship God together. I did want you to know that if, if you're listening at home, we understand that there's some um, sound difficulties, especially with the singing. We're working on that, so please be patient with us. I believe that the sermon and the, the lesson and the communion, it'll all work out fine. And so uh, just please be patient with that. It's something that we're working on week by week, learning the technology, exactly how to do this. But welcome to all of you. Welcome at home, welcome here. And we're gonna have a great time worshiping God together. Bill Zayas is going to do our communion message today. So give him your heart as he prepares our mind for communion. Of course, we know that yesterday was 9-11, and I'm sure that many of you saw different uh, commemorations about that throughout the day. Uh, for those of us that live in the New York metropolitan area 20 years ago, yesterday was an incredibly devastating day for all of us. And uh, Phil actually was in one of the towers. Um, and so uh, we're blessed by God that he was able to get out and be with us today. And I'm sure he'll be sharing a little bit about that as we focus in on uh, our communion message today. 
understanding that uh, sacrifices were made that day. Sacrifices were made days and weeks after that day. But the greatest sacrifice of all, the sacrifice that brings all of us together, is the sacrifice of Jesus Christ. So let's go to God through Jesus and pray together right now. Dear Father, we thank you for this day. It is a beautiful day outside, and we give you the glory for that. We also thank you that we are able to worship you today. We do commemorate what happened 20 years ago yesterday in New York and in other places around the U.S. And Father, we also are mindful of the fact that the greatest sacrifice anyone has ever made is the sacrifice Jesus made for us on the cross. Help us every day to remember that sacrifice and to keep it in our hearts. I pray all this in Jesus' name. Amen. As we uh, prepare our hearts for the Lord's Supper, we're going to say 429, leading to Calvary. King of my life, I found thee down. I shall Thank you. 
morning. Um, you know, it's actually hard to believe that it's 20 years since 9-11. Um, you know, I have a lot of memories of that day um, that actually seemed like it was yesterday. Um, but, you know, I was fortunate to survive, as Steve said, uh, how I worked with uh, a large group in my department, uh, lost five members uh, of the 13 people from my firm that passed away. So it was a tough day for my department, my firm, but also for my department. Um, it was, a, of course, a horrible tragedy on 9-11. Um, you know, I, I did have some unique experiences on that day, um, and I won't go through the whole thing. Of course, I don't, I don't mind telling the story, um, but I saw, I saw like life just extinguished right before my eyes. And it was just a tremendous thing to, overwhelming thing to see uh, as if life didn't matter, at, at least it, at, like it, it didn't, it didn't really matter. Like life was just that um, uh, minor or a small detail, but it was just extinguished right before my eyes. So uh, it did affect me uh, in a big way, uh, but that's the great thing about the church in that I had a lot of friends and people that knew how to talk to somebody that had grief or even trauma. And I was able to talk to them and work things out emotionally and mentally um, to just be able to deal with it in my life. And I really don't have any effects of it, of that day with me still. Um, I'm just very, very grateful that I'm still alive, amen, right? I'm, I'm grateful for that. But it did make me think, and I recently saw a movie called Worth. Uh, it's with Michael Keaton uh, on cable. And it was about the 9-11 victim um, compensation fund. Because, you know, when that happened, immediately everybody starts thinking about lawsuits. Oh, we're gonna have to, we're gonna have to compensate these families that just had a loss. And in the movie though, I found it you know, strange that the way they would determine a person's value was how much money they made. Simply their salary. And that's, if you made $100,000, you were worth $100,000 a year for how many years? You know what I mean? So that's the world's way of looking at your worth your value as a person, right? So I want us to look at Matthew chapter 10. And I want us to think, first of all, well, what do you think your value? What's your value? What do you think your life is worth? Okay. In verse 28, do not be afraid of those who kill the body, but cannot kill the soul. Rather be afraid of the one who can destroy both soul and body in hell. Are not two sparrows sold for a penny? Yet not one of them will fall to the ground apart from the will of your father. And even the very hairs of your head are all numbered. So don't be afraid. You are worth more than many sparrows. And, you know, needless to say, God considers your life extremely valuable to him. Well, you have to ask yourself, why would God care about how many hairs are on your head? Obviously, he doesn't care about how many hairs I have on my head, but he cares about... <laughs> How many hairs you have on your head? Now, why would God care about that? Because he cares about every detail of your life. Because he cares about you, your whole life, how you feel, what you experience. 
right? What you're thinking, whether you feel valued, right? And through the, this is what the Bible is all about, to show you how valuable you are to him. And, you know, even with this, I mean, God cares. Like, even if a sparrow falls from the tree, it doesn't fall without his allowing it, right? A sparrow? Why would God care about a little sparrow that's worth a half a penny? But he does, right? So, God cares about us deeply because I want you to remember, you're made in the image of God, right? God decided, you know, this flesh here, I'm going to put a soul in there so that they can connect with me, so they can have a relationship with me. God did that. The creator made man, but he also put a soul in us so that we can have a relationship with him. That is quite amazing. He loves us enough so that he would send his son to die an excruciating death so that we can have that connection with him. And as you know, there's no guarantee that that would even happen, right? God took a chance on us. He sent Jesus to die on a cross so that you hopefully, faithfully would respond favorably to that invitation, right? So he did that for each and every one of us. That's amazing. He did it so that we can have a relationship together. So I hope everybody sees their value to the Father, how much he loves us. And with that, let us take our cup, right? That hopefully you, you were able to get as you came in. I'm not sure if they still give those out, but I guess so, right? If you don't have one, just raise your hand. Uh, Darcella or somebody else will get you one. And I'm going to pray for the contribution. We're going to have the, uh, the bread and the fruit of the vine. Uh, but that's coming, okay? I think Betty was the only one that raised her hand. All right, let's pray. Father, you are awesome. Thank you for loving us so deeply. You care about us in every way. And Lord, you do everything so that we can turn to you and have that connection with you. Thank you for creating us and giving us life and a soul that we can reach out to you. We thank you, Lord, for Jesus that took away the offense between you and us. You removed it, and now we can embrace you and accept the love that you have for us. Lord, we take this bread and we take this fruit of the vine, which represents that horrible day close to 2,000 years ago in which Jesus laid his life down for us. And it's in his name we pray. Amen. When the peace like a river attendeth my way, when a soul like sea billows roll, what a It is well with my soul.
on to our contribution. Um, of course, we're not going to be taking contribution here physically. Um, hopefully, you're continuing to give online or send a check to the church office, but I do want to pray for the contribution. And just remind us, just like our, uh, we have free will to choose the Lord uh, and having a relationship with him. That's what, that's today too. I mean, we, we have a free will to give generously, of course, to God's work here um, on earth as we try to help more and more people get to know him and connect with him. So pray with me. Lord God, thank you for giving us so much. And Lord, we want to give back to you. We want to help build the church. We want to uh, help us to get more mature. Uh, Lord, we want to help our communities uh, Father, please take this contribution, um, and I pray that you multiply it and make it go a long way. We appreciate all you do for us, and we are grateful. Amen. I want to thank Phil for that tremendous communion message. Phil, thank you so much for sharing your heart with us. Really, really grateful for you and Iris. We love you so much. And also, thank you to Shirley for sharing your gift with us. That was a very inspiring song, a very inspiring uh, mo moment in worship for us. So thank you, Shirley, for sharing your gift with us. Just a couple of announcements for the week. Uh, with this Wednesday night is a women's midweek that will ha be happening over Zoom. And so, uh, sisters, be looking for a Zoom link and connect in on Wednesday night with the Zoom link, and uh, you'll have your Wednesday meeting that way. Next week, we'll have our uh, life group uh, meetings together. And so that's what we're going to be doing the next couple of midweeks. Also, I want you to know that next Sunday, we're going to start a series together for the fall. And the series is going to be entitled A Solid Foundation. And we're going to be looking at specific scriptures that we love, scriptures that have helped us build a strong foundation with Christ, scriptures that never grow old, Scriptures that help us day in and day out, like, for example, Psalm 23, scriptures like that. And so I'm very excited about this series. Uh, I'm going to be doing some of the preaching, but also Ryan Irby is going to be preaching, uh, not next Sunday, the Sunday after that. Excited for Ryan to share with us. Ryan McCullough is going to be preaching as well. Uh, he's preaching today. And uh, so basically we'll be trading out and just sharing some foundational scriptures some scriptures that help us to build a solid foundation and keep a solid foundation in Christ. I wanted to remind us all, especially those of us that are meeting here in person, first, thank you. Thank you for filling out the form. Thank you for the temperature check. Thank you for sanitizing your hands. 
Thank you for sitting with social distancing. Thank you for keeping your mask on. These are all things that help us to be safe. And so we are really grateful uh, for your hearts in just uh, wanting to do that, being willing to do that. Thank you so much. And also for those of you are, that are at home, thank you for joining us today. And we're gonna keep this hybrid type of service going and whatever choice you feel is the best choice for you and your family, that is the right choice to make. So if you're home worshiping today, you made the right choice. If you're here worshiping, you made the right choice. And we uh, just wanna offer this for all of us to be able to participate in one way or the other uh, with our worship together. A reminder that during the fellowship, we will continue social distancing. During the fellowship, we will keep our mask on. So please don't take your mask off until you get in your car and are driving away from the building because again, we want to be safe. So uh, thank you so much for uh, just participating in this, whether you're at home or whether you're here in person. We're gonna continue on with our service. We'll have another song. And then Ryan McCullough is going to come and he's going to preach for us today. Amen. We're going to continue and sing song 911 in my father's house. share a few thoughts this morning that hopefully will be helpful to you as you try to pursue Christ in your own life. You know, 20 years ago yesterday, as we've talked about, 19 men consumed with what was ultimately a false and deceptive ideology inflicted a terrible injury on the people of this area. They killed 2,000 977 men, women, and children in New York City, Washington, D.C., and in Shanksville, Pennsylvania. The great majority of those lives were lost in the World Trade Center in Lower Manhattan. Thousands of workers just going about their lives, trying to provide for their families, along with hundreds of firefighters and police and Port Authority officers who came to help. In the fall of 2001, I was a sophomore in high school. I was living in Seattle. 
I remember waking up on the morning of September 11th and coming upstairs a little after seven, oh, sorry, a little before 7 a.m. Pacific time to find my mom, who was usually sleeping at that hour, sitting bolt upright on the edge of the couch, watching the news that planes had hit the Twin Towers. Shortly after, my siblings and I watched the towers fall in disbelief. I still remember how surreal it seemed. I remember the shock of going to school that morning, knowing that something fundamental had changed in our country. And each of you probably has a story like that, probably a lot closer to the events than I would. You probably remember where you were that morning, what you did, and who you were with. Even 20 years later, these memories are just as vivid as the day that they happened. When something moves our hearts like that, we remember. We remember the selflessness of the New York City firefighters who ran into a doomed building in the hope that they could just save one more life. We remember the courage of the airline passengers on United Flight 93 who sacrificed their lives to prevent the men who had hijacked their plane from harming others. We remember the determination of the first responders who disregarded their own safety and frantically searched through millions of tons of rubble to locate survivors. And we remember the spirit of generosity that took hold of nearly every heart across this nation in the days that followed the attack. We banded together as one family to care for those in need. The sacrifices of these men and women moved our hearts. When something moves our hearts, we remember. And our nation has spent the last few weeks, and particularly spent the day yesterday, the 20th anniversary of those attacks, remembering the selflessness, courage, the determination, and ultimately the sacrifice of those men and women. We can't go back and undo the evil that made their sacrifice necessary. But as a country, we want to find a response that is worthy of their sacrifice. We want to find a response that, that fits the sacrifice that was made. And that's what I want to talk about just for a few minutes today. A response worthy of the sacrifice. You know, we are, of course, here this morning as the body of Christ to remember a, a different sacrifice. The sacrifice that Jesus made on the cross for our sins. And like our country facing the horror of September 11th, we can't go back and undo the evil that made Jesus' sacrifice necessary. We can't go back and undo the sin that we have each chosen. We can't go back and unchoose that now. But we should also feel the same urge that our country feels to respond in a way that is worthy of the sacrifice of Jesus. You can turn to Philippians 1. In his letter to the church in, in Philippi, the Apostle Paul, he's in prison, and he's writing to the church, and he calls them to think about following Jesus and think about the way that they pursue their lives in exactly these terms. In Philippians 1 and verse 27, Paul says this. He says, whatever happens, and he's kind of talking about there, like whether he, he lives or dies or he's able to be there or not, kind of whatever goes on in their lives. He says, conduct yourselves in a manner worthy of the gospel of Christ. He says, whatever happens. He says, you know, our response to the gospel should be the same no matter what is going on in our lives. Not only when things are going our way or when we're feeling blessed by God, but even when things are difficult. He says there are no excuses, pandemic or no pandemic, sick or healthy, difficult or easy, no matter what. Our response to the gospel should still be the same. He says conduct yourself 
Whatever happens, conduct yourselves. He's saying, we each have one person to worry about. And that person is ourselves. We can't control our spouse. We can't control our siblings. We can't control our parents or our coworkers, our friends, the church leadership, the political situation in our country. We can do what we can to influence some of those things. But ultimately, we need to worry about us. How are we responding to the gospel of Christ? He says, conduct yourself. This is where our focus needs to rest. And then he says, how to conduct ourselves? In a way, he says, that is worthy of the gospel of Christ. The Greek word that's translated there as worthy, it conveys the idea of weight. That another person's actions have weight in our lives. And so that a response that is worthy, that is appropriate, that fits, is one that has a weight that corresponds to the weight of what was done for us. You get that sense also in the English word in the transla that's translated, worthy, right? Your response is worthy if it is worth a similar amount to what was done for you. And this is the idea that Paul is getting at. Of course, we can never repay Jesus for the blessings that he bought for us on the cross. But we should try to look back at the weight of his sacrifice, what it means for us, what it cost him, and find a response that carries that kind of weight as well. We should feel the weight of Jesus' sacrifice the same way that our country feels the weight of the sacrifice of the heroes that we celebrate on September 11th. We should refine a response that is worthy. After finishing a different thought here for the next few verses there in chapter 1, Paul kind of returns to this topic in, in the beginning of chapter 2, and we'll read the first eight verses there in a second. But I think what he's really doing here is explaining, giving more detail about what a, a life worthy of the gospel really looks like. And this is why he says, therefore, therefore, in chapter 2, verse 1, I think it connects back to this idea of what is worthy. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. Rather, in humility, value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interests of the others. You know, I have two quick points today. We want to have a response to the cross that is worthy of the sacrifice. First point is this. We need to cultivate gratitude. We need to cultivate gratitude. You see where Paul starts as he's talking to the church. You know, having a kind of a life worthy of the gospel. He says, first of all, he says, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ. I mean, I'm sure there are so many times where you've gone through a hard time, but you found the courage to stand up to it because you know that Jesus is right there with you. That Jesus went through the same thing and he knows what it's like. You've got encouragement being united with Christ. He says, Paul says, if you have any comfort from his love, how many times have we been lonely or hurting or, or mourning a loss in our lives and we feel the comfort of God come into our life? Maybe through a time of prayer or meditation, maybe in the love of, of a family member or for someone in the church, you feel the comfort of God reach into your heart. Just remember that comfort. He says, if you have any common sharing in the spirit, how many times have we had a brother or a sister over and maybe had a great talk? Maybe you get gut level honest for the first time in your life. You pray together. You come into the light. You come away feeling like you just totally understood one another. Unified in the spirit. Paul says, before Paul calls the church to do anything, he first reminds them to start from this place of gratitude. And I think this is how we need to, we, where we need to start also, if we want to respond in a way that is worthy of the sacrifice, cultivate a heart of gratitude. It's where we need to start thinking about the sacrifices on, on September 11th. And of course, it's where we need to start as we reflect on Jesus' role in our life. So let me ask you today, are you grateful? 
Are you grateful? Are you grateful for the men and women? So many through the years who have given their lives so that you could enjoy the life that you have. Are you grateful most of all for the one man who gave his life so that you could have the life that is truly life for now into eternity? Gratitude is, is incredibly difficult to maintain. You know, we're grateful for something when it's new and shiny, aren't we? You get a new phone, you get a new girlfriend, you get a new job, you get a new outfit, and you're so excited about it. Check in a few years later. How does it look now? That phone that was the latest thing, even in just a few months, honestly, it just seems like the tired old device. The job that was so exciting at first, now feels like a chore, doesn't it? The, uh, your boo-boo bear in the relationship that you have, is now, he's now just some dummy on the couch. No, never, right? Never. Not in this room, never. In this room, we are, every day we wake up so grateful for the people God has put in our lives, never taking them for granted for a moment. It's hard to maintain gratitude, isn't it? It's hard. You know, the sacrifice of Jesus was shiny and new to us once as well. And I'm sure it inspired incredible gratitude in you. But how about today? Has that also grown old and faded, lost its luster? The first step to a, a worthy response is to cultivate gratitude. Paul continues in verse 5. He says, in your relationships with one, with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing by taking the very nature of a servant and being made in human likeness and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even the death of our cross. If we want to have a, a response that's worthy of the sacrifice, first we have to cultivate gratitude. But then the second step is that we need to imitate their attitude. Imitate his attitude. Paul says, in your relationships one another, as we live in community in the church, he says we need to have the same mindset as Christ Jesus. He says, imitate the attitude of Christ, who was God himself, but then made himself nothing. Literally, Paul says in the Greek, he emptied himself. He poured himself out. Jesus took all the power and the majesty and the honor that came with being God himself. And he didn't use it for himself. He poured it out to the last drop until there was nothing left. He didn't just give up his divinity to become a man. He became a slave. He didn't just uh, endure the pain of a, of a wretched or difficult life. He gave up his life altogether. Jesus sacrificed himself. And Paul says the response worthy of the sacrifice first looks back in gratitude, but then second imitates the attitude. We take his example of sacrifice and we find ways to embody it in our lives. You know, this is one of the things that our country has tried to do in honoring the heroes of September 11th. It's what I remember, and you probably too remember, in those first few months following the, the attack. How the country changed. It was different. We came together to love and serve and help one another. We saw the bravery and courage of those heroes, and we knew that the only fitting response was to follow their example. And again, this happened for each of us when we truly, for the first time, understood the cross of Christ, understood his sacrifice for us. It inspired radical changes in our lives. We, we knew that we couldn't just take his sacrifice for granted. We had to actually be like him, sacrifice ourselves the same way that he sacrificed. For ourselves out for others. But are we still imitating the attitude of Christ? In our relationships, do we come to the inevitable frustrations that, that come along, full of ourself, our, our pride, our anger, our bitterness? Or have we poured ourselves out, humbling ourselves, giving our lives, 
as a living sacrifice for the glory of God. You know, one of the temptations that I face right now is the temptation to be comfortable, to be complacent, to be insular. Given all the, the things that are going on in the world, it's comfortable to just say no to a lot of things or to just not extend myself. To just stay home all week, you know, maybe venture out a little bit if I'm a little careful, and then, and then right back into my little bubble and not talk to anyone, not be with anyone, not serve anyone, just be to myself. I felt this yesterday. The school is starting for our, our kids. Um, you know, some of them started on Thursday, some of them will start on Monday. And uh, we, there was a, a, a back to school picnic on Saturday uh, for uh, for Grace's class, third grade. And um, and Lauren had worked the night before. She worked all night Friday night, so she was just kind of out of commission and needing to rest. We just we just got a puppy last week, so because we're gluttons for punishment, so we uh, we. We, you know, we got this a little puppy that's, you know, peeing everywhere and all this kind of stuff. And, and so I'm trying to take care of the dog. And it's just easy. Honestly, I just wanted to say, I don't want to. Like, I just, just no. Okay, we'll just draw a line between And I basically just come to that conclusion in my heart on Saturday morning. And then I realized, you know, Lauren and I, we've been praying to be able to be a light for these families in the school. Like, we've been praying to be able to influence other people. We've been praying to be able to you know, set an example of Jesus to the world around us. And yet, here comes a perfect example of that, and my first inclination is to say this. So we said, okay, you know, like, while Lauren's sleeping, I'll take the girls, and we'll go. And it was honestly, it was a great time being able to connect with these families, hopefully influence them, build some relationships that could, you know, who knows what God will do with them. Yeah. Jesus made himself nothing. He poured himself out. That is the example that we need to follow. We want to have a, a response worthy of the sacrifice. It means cultivating gratitude, but then it means imitating the attitude. You know, we want to remember the heroic sacrifice that thousands of men and women made 20 years ago yesterday. We appreciate their examples of devotion and selflessness and love. But most of all, we want to appreciate the sacrifice of Jesus and, the, and then live a life that is a worthy response to his sacrifice. Cultivate gratitude. Imitate his attitude. And I believe if we do this, we will fulfill his dream and desire that the church would be a light in a dark world. Amen. Woo! Have the singers come on up and we'll close out with one last song. But before we sing, I want to thank Ryan for a tremendous lesson today. Really fantastic. I thought we were starting a solid foundation series next week. It started today because this is such an important scripture, a foundational scripture. And the points are foundational points for all of us. Uh, having this attitude of gratitude and having the attitude of Jesus so important. So, Ryan, thank you. An excellent job. Super practical also. So, amen. thank you for that. Great job. Just a reminder for all of us, you're in fellowship. Let's keep our mask on. Let's keep practicing social distancing as well. And uh, uh, about, I don't know, 10 minutes into fellowship, if some of us that are, are working on the technology, they, we actually have a geek squad. Uh, in our ministry here, and uh, you know who you are, and everybody knows who you are, okay? <laughs> the nature of being a geek, okay? Uh, in fact, I, one of them asked me for a t-shirt. They wanted to, to geek squat across, the, you know, anyway, about 10 minutes into fellowship, let's just meet over here on the side right here, just talk about the service today and some ways that we could troubleshoot to make next Sunday even better, especially for people that are listening for the live stream. But uh, have a great rest of the day today. It's been a tremendous worshiping God together. Remember midweek is with the women. It's online. It's a Zoom midweek. Next Sunday, you'll have the option of meeting back here on Sunday or uh, continuing to meet at home and enjoying the live stream. Whatever choice you make is the right choice. Okay. Thank you. We'll sing one more song.